feel like now I could put on a face of makeup and like appreciate Cheyenne for Cheyenne and not Cheyenne as a mom. So that mm-hmm. I would say eight out of ten. Hello, everybody. Hi. Happy almost October. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. Um, almost spooky season. This episode is going to be laid out a little bit different than our other episodes. We're just going to go straight into what's been going on in our lives for the last year. <laughs> um, if you have been listening since the beginning, you know that Cheyenne has now been a mom for a whole year. A whole year. In 67 days today. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, it does not feel like it's been a whole year. So, no. <laughs> let's just go straight in. Can you give our listeners the, like, cliff note version of your labor birth story from your point of view? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, the short story of it, it was fine and dandy, labored well, alone. Fine. You also went, what, a week past your due date? Yeah. Yeah. I, he was, I think, seven days past due. And so at this point, I was ready, right? Mm-hmm. Started contracting, did all that, labored at home for six and a half hours. Painful, of course, you're contracting, <laughs> but it was fine. It was manageable. Got my. Got his father to the house just in time to take me to the hospital. Perfectly fine. Got to the hospital. At this point, I was dying. <laughs> and then um, got my epidural right away. I will forever be someone who suggests an epidural because that's just painful. Um, and then got my epidural. And then it went south really fast. Had to get a C-section. And at this point, I was like beyond sedated, if you will. <laughs> Like, I could not move from the neck down. And then had, got the baby cut out. Some. It was great. Beautiful. And then that was the end of that. They sewed me back up and <laughs> sent, me <on> my, <laughs> sent me on my merry way. So, so your, your birth story, from your point of view, very uh-huh. different than the people in the parking lot. <laughs> I think because because when you're in it and like doing it, it's happening so fast. Mm-hmm. Like the stages that you're in. So like the stage for me being so from my first contraction to my six hundredth contraction at hour six, that doesn't feel like six hours. It's not like six working hours, right? You're not like mm-hmm. counting down. You're not. If anything, you're so in the moment because it's forcing you to be. Right, you're not, like, you watching the clock. Yeah, like, you can't think of anything else other than, like, you're breathing and, like, you're positioning. And you know what I mean? So you're, like, mm-hmm. very present in that moment. So it doesn't feel like what it actually is. Like, saying it out loud that I labored for six hours alone, like, that sounds crazy when you say it out loud. But in the moment, it was very, <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, like, you're just sucked into that one thing. So then when I got to the hospital, I was at the hospital for a couple hours prior to... Um, I was there for like two hours prior to getting an epidural and then at like five more before I had my son. It didn't feel like I was at the hospital for eight hours between no baby and baby. That's crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, so it just flies by. Yeah. 
So from the outside point of view, we were in a group chat, you, me, one of our other friends, and your mom. Mm -hmm. We were on this baby watch group chat. Wake up that morning. We're all talking. Baby yet? No baby. Okay, cool. Around noon, we realize that Cheyenne hasn't answered any of us the whole day. So I go to my lunch break. I pull up my, find my friends, and this bitch is at the hospital. (laughs) So your mom texts me, can you come get me after work and take us to the hospital? I don't want to drive late. I don't know how long we'll be there. And I said, absolutely. Like, we were already planning on tailgating in the parking lot, which mm-hmm. we did. So go home, change my clothes, go pick up your mom. We are probably 10 minutes from the hospital at this point. Um, and I get a text. Hey, where are you guys? And I said, hey, we'll be there in 10 minutes. Um, he said, cool. Let me know when you get here. I'll come out and say hi to you guys. Da, 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 whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. We pull into the parking spot, literally parking garage, parking spot, put the car in park. He's calling your mom. We're going in for an emergency C-section. I'll text you when I can. Click. And I'm like, what happened in 10 minutes? <laughs> what is happening? We did not get a response. That was at around five o'clock. We did not get a response until 830 when one of our friends called your hospital room. That is funny. She indeed did call my hospital room. <laughs> so we're all just in the parking lot, like not thinking of the worst, but also thinking of the worst because I was like, C-sections don't take this long. Like usually if it's an emergency C-section, it's get the baby out within like 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, well, so in that, that kind of like plays into the nothing really seems that long when you're in the moment, because mm-hmm. when we found out that I need an emergency C-section, c-section i we were perfectly fine up until this point and mm-hmm. then she was like well this is the best option this is like what we have to do you know so and then she the questionnaire was like very short she was like is this something you want to do or are you against this and i was like how can you sit here on the table get told that you have to have an emergency c-section and then be right. against it be like, like well. one of so you might like, not make it do you want me to cut him out or not like yeah so what? at this point i was just like let's go like get it done and over with you know so then immediately in the room they start um they like up my epidural to like get me ready for surgery and they're like getting getting all the prep work done yeah instantly like hooking me up doing all the things that they need for me to like go into surgery and then I was probably from my room to there is probably seven minutes obviously they took my son's dad got him all dressed in the gear so he could be in there with me Mm -hmm. and then they were like taking me down the hallway and there was like surgeons going with me like talking me through it making sure I was like staying awake because like they up your epidural so much that like I went from perfectly fine to like tingly toes and -hmm. I couldn't feel my contractions that much to completely like paralyzed yeah in like minutes you know so then they're just like making me stay awake and then probably within 10 minutes of me actually going from my room to the um the surgery room and having my son cut out of my body um it was probably like 15 minutes max and then they like take like 10 minutes to like sew you back up clean everything people from the NICU come in to like check mm-hmm. your kid and then do all that you know they basically give you the a-okay because in our in my situation the reason I needed a um 
cesarean in the first place is because my placenta had broke and my son was no longer getting oxygen. Scary. So that's what triggered the emergency C-section is because we couldn't keep his oxygen. He couldn't keep his oxygen up. So therefore his heart rate was dropping. Mm -hmm. So that was like the initial, like he's not able to regulate himself anymore. And plus my placenta had failed. It was seven days past. And that's like something that's not very talked about. Cause I only heard about it one time prior to actually having a kid. And I feel like I did my fair, like fair amount of research prior to having my son of like horror stories. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was the reason I ended up having one. But by the time we were done, it was indeed like 30 minutes. And then by the time they like take you to the room, clean up the baby, clean up you, and then they have to move you rooms right away. Like within the hour, nurses mm-hmm. are coming in, checking both of you, and then they move you to your stay room. And then by that time, that's when our girlfriend had called. Yeah. It's like, uh, are you alive? Right. What is happening? Yeah. So we're just all like in the parking lot. We're playing ladder ball. We're drawing. We're coloring. Like <laughs> anything we can do to like not think about the fact that you're like being ripped open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah so like to sit in there for in this parking lot for hours and be like what is happening what is going on and you guys also had like terrible service mm-hmm. terrible reception in the hospital so like even just to send a text or a call you had to like go up eight flights of stairs to the damn yeah. roof basically <laughs> yeah if when it comes to like the whole birthing act itself or like event itself if I had one tip to give any soon-to-be mom or mother to be I would Mm -hmm. for sure say do not put all your eggs into a birth plan I've heard so many stories of like these moms getting their heart broken because their birth plan doesn't go exactly how they want it or they want a natural birth and they end up giving getting a c-section or they want an at-home birth but then you know, there's only so many things you can test at home. Right. Versus someone cutting, having to cut you open in a hospital. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I've just heard so many stories. And especially after having my son, I could not imagine how devastated I would be if, like, I got there and then wanted to have a natural birth and didn't want to get an epidural and then didn't want to do right. all these things. But then I just, like, had a miserable experience or I was, like, so heartbroken that I couldn't have a natural birth. Like, that's something yeah. that you just have to go in knowing that you and your baby will be safe and healthy and you'll make it, but you have to be able to and willing to change at any given time. You know, I was on right. track to have a natural birth the entire time, all the way up until literally minutes before I was going to start pushing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was fine until the very last second. And then, you know, everything changed in the drop of a dime, you know? Right. So, yeah. I can't, I mean, I, I know they have wants, <laughs> right right like you can have like a kind of like this is what I want like a preferred you also Mm -hmm. need to like not set your whole expectations on this one thing well the fact that my doctor had said hey it is extremely advised that we have an emergency c-section right now but I still but she still held room for me to say no the fact that that's so like of course thank you for showing me that I have a choice Mm-hmm. but that also you know reflects of how many moms say no in that scenario yeah that like your baby is not breathing or for whatever reason you know 
that you're having a C-section or need to have a C-section and then moms are still like against that like yeah that's, that's crazy to me I cannot imagine no and I'm not saying all the moms saying no are being selfish but in the same instance they're saying no for a reason and that reason could be one of a million things right but you know you got to be able to like maneuver to save or to do what's best for you and your baby in that moment and not hold on to like pride or yeah your selfish like wants and needs you know I was that yeah. like really threw me for a loop when I was like what right what hey, you need to do this <laughs> but you have an option like what do you mean but I like I don't have an option actually right like I have obviously I have not given birth but mm-hmm. I do have like in my head of how mm-hmm. I want to give birth and it's been in my head since I was probably like I don't know eight, 16 mm-hmm. how I wanted to give birth and I have right. stuck with how I want to give birth since then Mm-hmm. But obviously, if something happens and that's not like the best option, I'm not going to say, mm-hmm. well, this is what I've always wanted. Right. You know, like I'm going to go with the best possible outcome versus, well, but I've always wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the fact I mean, that yeah. people were like, hey, this is what we need to do. But also you can say no. Like, that's wild <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, uh. Actually, to sum up, basically, my, like, baby story of, like, my birth plan, I suppose, is I originally, to start, wanted, I didn't want an OGBYN. I just wanted, like, um, what are they like called? A doula? I was called a midwife? Yeah, like, the doulas and midwives. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of an OGBYN. But something in the back of my mind was, like, I need to have an OGBYN just in case. And then fast forward nine months later my OGBYN was literally there for no fucking reason and that shit would, we would come out of the appointments and we would be talking mad shit like we paid this lady to literally <laughs> look at me and be like how's it going you know what I mean like right because it was peaches and cream perfectly fine but just something told me that I needed to have that I needed to go that route because I wanted midwives and doulas and I wanted to have a home birth mm-hmm. and and birth and like water you know that's what mm-hmm. I wanted to happen um or the closest thing to that but then we did all the testing. I just could feel that there was something, but I didn't know what it was. And then, again, it was, like, minutes to the end right. where I needed to have doctors on call and I needed to be in a hospital and I needed, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That wouldn't yeah. have been an option, even if I planned for it through and through. Right. Yeah. It but is anyway. kind of funny because, like, so our other friend had her baby a few months ago. And I feel like your pregnancy was so easy. Mm-hmm until the birth and then it was like dramatic mm-hmm. and I feel like hers was a little bit opposite like her pregnancy was a little bit dramatic like but during then, like yeah but mm-hmm. then like actually birthing her child was just like whatever yeah like literally like she just had a strong coffee that day <laughs> right like it was yeah. so weird, so like... I think about both you was like man the things that she went through and then like the birth was just like push okay he's here and you're mm-hmm. here like well, pregnancy's great. This is so easy. Besides, like, my back feels broken and I'm twice as big as I was to, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to have to slice you open because your baby's not breathing. <laughs> like, it's just and when funny they say, think, like, how opposite mm-hmm. you guys' like, whole situation was, like, from start to finish. I mean, even now, so, like, they say every baby's different, you know, every pregnancy is different. Like, mm-hmm. and they, if, when you think about it, they are exactly the same. We're all pregnant for 10 months. We all have a baby. We all have a newborn. They grow up from day one to day whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
Right. On paper, it's the same. But seeing it, like, to the T, like, how you're explaining what our girlfriend had nine months of hell, mm-hmm. one day of, like, her doctor casually just being like, well, show up at the hospital at 7 a.m. and we'll get this started, sweetheart. Like, just so casually. Right. And then <laughs> mine was, like, peaches and cream for 10 months. And then the last day was like, hey, here's your first contraction. Here's eight, hour- eight hours yeah. before you even get to the hospital. And then, hey, we have to cut you open. You know what I mean? Like that right. was my nine months of just chaos. It slammed into one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then even yeah. after, obviously, our girlfriend, I'm just using her as a comparison because obviously we've seen it firsthand. Right. The baby's very fresh still. She uh, had a natural birth. I had a cesarean. She was up and running around in the like hospital the next when th- I went yeah. to visit the baby. I could not stand for five days. Can you? I feel like three days after she got home, she was like, "So, like, are we gonna do something this weekend? Like, what's going on? Who's yeah. around? Can we go play? Can we go to the river? Can we?" And I was like, "Who is this person?" Yeah, she was so. She got there's like this. It's like the mother's tail or whatever. It's like where you're. It's like a bounce back, but with your hormones, so you get flooded, mm-hmm. so you feel a lot better than you like physically are. You know, it's like the adrenaline rush, your hormones. You know, like all these things flooding you at right. one time. I got that mentally like I remember my my baby was like two days old and I was playing video games with one of our buddies and he was like you just had a c-section and you're playing video games right now <laughs> and I was like he just sleeps like what else am I, supposed to? I can't move like I can't right. be productive I, feed him, I, I put him to move. sleep I change his diaper what am I supposed to do in between and I just got cut open like I literally cannot sit anyway I mean I could only sit anyway even fast forward so I would say my birth part fine dandy a little traumatic at the end there because it was scary but then when pregnancy overall kicked my ass cheyenne's story of like being a bitch was for sure postpartum yeah that shit was beyond i I wouldn't use the word pain necessarily but like the learning curve of like me really feeling like i'm a mom and me really like having to like swallow the pill of like everything in my life is changing came postpartum it did not come during pregnancy like a lot of go through I was going to say, sure. a lot of people, as soon as they see that positive test, it's like, oh my God, my life is going to be not what I had in my mind. Mm-hmm. And you're over here like, everything's going to be fine. Nothing's going to change. I'm not going to live my life around his sleep schedule. He's going to sleep around my schedule. Which, to that, I obviously I'm very like a baby's mom versus a mom with a baby, you know? Yeah. So when it comes to like his naps and his sleep schedule and his like daily structure i have physically seen now that babies thrive off of a schedule so the second his gets broken and i see him start to slip i'm like this was solely based off of because i didn't put him down soon enough or i kept him out too long or i you know what i mean like i directly correlate the reason he's not keeping himself out and about you know what right. i mean like he this ain't is out running the street. <laughs> yeah like nah this is straight me but yeah i didn't worry about having a baby in the beginning i mean obviously i did i was like well i guess i'm gonna have a fucking child now um, and we'll figure right. it out as we go you know yeah um but afterwards not even necessarily with him it was more so just like i would say internally but like physically too just like having to deal with having to like relearn how to use your body like mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure i've talked about it here like where my cesarean like uh, uh in scar is now it's still not healed that i'm 368 days past right you know my cesarean so the fact that i still have so much nerve damage and i still have so much pain like where my incision was and like 
my pelvic floor had a lot had a lot of disruptions my like everything being moved around in the what is it called the abdominal like spacing that occurs mm-hmm. when you have a kid I had that really bad like the nerve damage where my epidural is is still fucked up like I still have a huge section of my back that's like still traumatized if you will right from the epidural so like I can't feel it or I can feel it really bad like if I move certain ways or poke it a certain way you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. on top of all like the motherly bodily bodily changes just in general your body expanding so much and then trying to retract right on top of you know everything else yeah and then having your hormones fucked up and then I've I've um suffered like severe hair loss since then not like people look at me and they're like oh damn you're balding but like I can physically see it on myself that my hair is thinned a lot yeah you know I've definitely had that I wouldn't call it like a syndrome but where you have an ass prior to baby and then even kind of during pregnancy but then as you after you have the baby you like clench your butt cheeks when you're holding the baby and then your butt like disappears into your body you know because like your posture's trash, and then that's another thing. So I lost my ass, and my posture's trash. Like, come on, give me a break, you know. And then you got like, I'm a fucking milk machine, and then, you know, my hips are wider now, and I'm already a big girl. Like, damn, you know what I'm saying? So on top of just like all these things, did I get back to my baby weight really fast? Yes, and for that I'm happy. But the way they paint that as being the goal is kind of bullshit because right. my weight I mean- is the same. My your body, body is completely different. fucking different. Yeah. So I don't think the weight has anything to do with it. I think it's just something that people can hold on to and be like, oh, I hit the goal. It's a you tangible know? number versus mm-hmm. you can't like, I mean, I guess you could like bind your body to get your hips to go back in. But like, who's doing that? Right. Realistically, your body just changes 110%. And then, like, obviously, your mind goes with that, right? Like, your brain chemistry, like, changes to be... You have mom brain now, right? Right. You don't have... We've all witnessed your mom brain. Right. (laughs) We've all... (laughs) There's a really good clip on YouTube, you guys. I encourage you to go look it up. Yo, the stutter, the the, all of it. It's basic. If I had to describe pregnancy... I would say you spend 10 months putting together a 10,000 piece puzzle, mm-hmm. right? And then you're missing one piece, right? Your due date, you get that one piece, but then you mess up the other. Like half the puzzle falls there. off the table. Yeah. Like, and then you gotta like piece it back together. You're like, I found my one. And then like the rest falls. So then you gotta like pick it up and do it again. That's exactly how it is. Exactly that's, how it is. That's so funny. So that was your birth story slash afterbirth story. Um, What is in the last year the thing that has surprised you most about being a mom? The thing that surprised me? Like, is there one thing that you're like, wow, I never like thought about that part of being a mom or? I would say I learned two things like hella shocked me. So the first thing is how comfortable I am being a mom Mm -hmm. and how comfortable even from like day two. I, we've talked about it a million times. I have not ever been. I've always been team fuck them kids, right? Love right. them. Obviously, we were kids. We, you know, they're beautiful mm-hmm. in their own way. But Cheyenne has never been. I am put on this planet to bear children. No. Right. <laughs> no. Said Cheyenne, never. You know what I'm saying? So I was never like scared, right? I never had that like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I'm a kid. I'm worried. I'm stressed. I didn't really have that. And then I had a kid and it was like 
a switch that had happened. Like Mm -hmm. something clicked. I don't know if it was like the motherly instinct took over, but I never had that. I'm scared that I have a baby or I'm nervous to do all these things with my baby. Or, you know, I never had that like so stressed out because I'm scared to hurt him or do this or do that. Like it came Uh very natural. And that I was very shocked about. And it still shocks me. I've seen you pull them arms and them legs through clothes and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, is he going to break his arm? She's just pulling it left and right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I I feel like I mom very well compared yes, to just like mentally. Thank you. Just mentally and physically, like compared to what, if you'd asked me when I first found out I was pregnant, how I was going to mom. Obviously, mm-hmm. I knew I was going to do what was best for my child. But now I get wowed or like applauded by other moms or looked at even side-eyed hella hard because I go like above and beyond for him yeah and for me I take that as pure compliments I'm like keep right. them coming you know what I'm saying just because yeah. you don't do this extra thing doesn't mean I'm gonna stop that you know so I've shocked the hell out of myself when it comes to just how I mom versus how unprepared I was to mom <laughs> like yeah, shout I out mean... to that mom switch <laughs> I mean, he's definitely one of the happiest babies I've ever seen in my life. Same. Fucking same. Like, like, the number of times that I have heard him, like, really, like, I, like, cry, cry, like, freak out cry, I can count on one hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And half the very... times, it was, like, a one or two scream, and then, like, he was done. Yeah, he's a very happy baby. And it's not just me and you that say that. I get that comment from every single person that has interaction i mean we all know i'm an anti-social social bug you know what i'm saying right. so like i don't hand him around like he's a fucking you know a trophy i won but the people mm-hmm. that do have like interactions with him that is like their first comment like he's so happy he's so like he just lives on this planet just having a good ass time right and i love that and that would be my second thing that like surprised me it's not how happy he is because i do have a very happy fucking baby shout out love this mm-hmm. guy um is how you don't understand how fast things turn over until you have a baby firsthand. Mm-hmm. Like the the times that you have in your head, like when they start to eat solid food, when the mom goes back to work, when he starts crawling, when he starts rolling over, when they start walking, when they start, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This kid today climbed this entire flight of stairs behind me twice. And he is only 368 days old. And he just said, like, what? stairs? Got it. He learned to walk, like, from his first couple steps to two flights of stairs within 30 days. Yeah. When they say they go from walking to running in a blink of an eye and then rolling to crawling in a blink of an eye, that shit is not, like, an exaggeration of the numbers. Like, it's so crazy how you see them, like, truly become a sponge. And, of course, there's a saying that, like, babies' brains are, like, sponges. They can pick up everything. But, like, when you see that shit firsthand, you're like, damn, my guy, like... I mean, even I was over there the other right. Like I was over there the other day, and I was snapping my fingers, and he was staring at my hands as I was doing it. And then he put both his fists up and was clenching his fists so hard, and then staring at my hands. And he was like, "How is she doing this?" But like he was trying so hard to do it, and Mm -hmm. I was like, "How did this happen in three minutes?" (laughs) Like, yeah, the day I got his build a bear. He had never hugged a day in his life. The day he picked up the Build-A-Bear is the day I taught him a bear hug. And now he does it to he's everybody. Been bear, he's been bear hugging ever since. And I'm like, he gave me the you saw a teddy bear. bear hug yesterday. Yeah, he went from seeing a teddy bear to learn 
to learning a bear hug within like a matter of like a half hour and he does not do anything to that bear other than bear hug it and it's the cutest thing in the world yeah yesterday he gave me the biggest bear hug and it was the cutest thing in the whole world oh that kid being a mom is wild being an auntie is is the best thing in the whole world (laughs) yeah being it's a wild ride that's for sure i mean you're doing a great job that kid is could not be happier Thank you, thank you. He is. I I do love that he's a happy baby. Because some babies are not this happy. No. Like even our girlfriend that just had a baby, her baby has cried more than my son in his year of living. <laughs> I feel like he cried so much. Our girlfriend's kid. Yeah, I don't know how she does yeah, it. He cry. He cries over everything. I mean, and that a lot of babies do. You know, like he cries because right. his diaper's wet, or he cries because his sock is fucked up. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? He's just a baby. Right. He cries over fucking the wind blowing. Right. But my baby just never had that stage no. and i feel like my baby is a mere image of the saying the first one fools you and then the <laughs> second one fucks you Gets you know you? yeah yeah because like he's been i'm gonna sit here and say he's been perfect when it comes to sleeping and his schedule and this and that and that you know what i'm saying like everything's a learning curve but he is mm-hmm. on a scale of one to 100 my guy is at a 98.9 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's very little that I would ever like go back and change when it comes to just him being so adaptable because a lot of babies have a, lo- a really hard time, mm-hmm. you know, especially like in the newborn stages. But I, I mean, yeah, like thankful. you, I mean, you just moved mm-hmm. and he is like, this is just my house. Like, this is where I live yeah. now. He wasn't like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what this stuff is. Like, he was just like, this is my house. These are my things. Like, what? These are my stairs. I'm going to learn to climb them. <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, there was no, like, real, like, transition. Yeah, from my old house to this house, he's he had two days or three days before from his first time here to his first night here. Mm-hmm. And mind you, it was a very chaotic three days because he met new people. He had family from out of town. He, you know, had all these extracurricular functions going on during this time as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he had one, like, very, like, expressively, like, angry nap time. And then after that, he's been fine. Yeah. Out of this world. Like, his transition yeah. was, like, within a few hours, he was, like, fine. And was like, all right, well, mom's here. I'm here. This is what we're doing. You he's know? like, my toys are here. My bed's here. My mom's here. Like, this is where we live now. Yeah. He was like, this is just. He's just like, whatever. Casual as fuck now. Yeah. Yeah. To see how comfortable he was just, like, running around that house. Like, he's like, what? Like, I've been here my whole life. What do you mean? Because there are a lot of kids that, like, can't deal with, you know, new spaces or, like, Mm -hmm. the crib is on the opposite wall from where it was the last time I went to sleep in it. Like, and he's just, like... He's just chilling. Big chilling. If there was something, if there was another tip that I could give about to be parents, y'all listen up. Put that baby in their gosh darn crib the second you can. I will hold this statement from now until the day I die. I understand a lot of babies need soothed in the beginning. And I will sit here and confidently say, I did contact naps. I did rocking to sleep. I did feeding to sleep. I did holding majority of the day. I did holding majority of the night. You know, his father did holding majority of the night. That baby slept on me a hundred times. Yeah, like we did not refrain from any of those beautiful moments. I'm not saying put your baby down because you can lo- you're can you loving them too much or coddling them too much. I don't believe in that stuff. But at nighttime and for naps, the second you possibly can, don't, I didn't even introduce a bassinet because I was so set on this, but Mm -hmm. we went from the tiny little bassinet that's on the floor that usually comes with pack and plays these days straight to 
a crib after two weeks. I don't even yeah. think it was that long. And that transition alone, I think, helped him so much. Not in the beginning with his independence, of course, because he's like such a baby. But the consistency of that and the mm-hmm. structure of that and him learning from two weeks old, sleeping in the crib every day from then until now. Right. Like that has changed his like the lax when it comes to his sleep schedule, his nap schedule, mm-hmm. him we soft sleep trained for a little bit. And mind you, I said soft sleep trained. Like we did all those things, but he sleeps so well in his crib now mm-hmm. that, okay, he won't sleep on a playground with a million kids around. Fine. But best believe right. he's sleeping through the night. He knows where he goes to bed. He knows what to do when he's in the crib. You know what I'm saying? Like Right. He knows that when he's in the crib, it's time to, time to Yeah, nap. that has helped substantially when it comes to routine. And obviously, I went back to work after three months. So when it comes to like his babysitter, it's helped her so much, even like putting him down for naps and like just mm-hmm. creating that like routine. It's helped so much. And I know so many parents fight with like the baby wanting to co-sleep at night and then do all the things, you know, but if you right. get fresh in the butt right away, I'm telling you it's gold. I'm telling well, you it's gold. And I'm sure it'll make it a lot easier when you transition him into like a toddler bed because a mm-hmm. lot of people have issues with their kids with that. But well, a lot of times they're going from co-sleeping at night to trying to put them in a toddler bed by themselves. Right. Yeah. Terrifying. Like, of course, that's going to be hard, you know? Yeah. You get yeah that this is big bed huge... by myself? Terrifying. Yeah. That is a huge thing that has helped us or and helped my son tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I will not recommend anything else than putting him straight in the crib. Put him straight in the crib. It's scary, but just put him straight in the crib. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> so one last question. How are you not you as a mom not you as a caregiver just you as an individual person how are you doing this last year Hmm. i would say i've fully experienced the roller coaster you know postpartum's a bitch and i will not tell anybody otherwise um but mentally you go through a lot right you start as an individual then you turn into a fat individual like a balloon individual actually and then you know what i mean and right. then you turn into a saggy individual with individual you now have to take care of. And then you uh-huh. go from that saggy, what the fuck am I doing point to relearning everything about you, right? You have to uh-huh. relearn how to interact with your body nicely and uh-huh. patiently, you know, learn to love yourself physically again, which I would say I'm getting a lot closer to. Obviously, nothing's fucking perfect. Confidence right. is going to take forever to regain back after that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part, it's definitely still a work in progress, but I feel a lot better when I put clothes on than like putting clothes on and feeling like I'm a blobfish in a size 2T t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to paint for perspective. Um, so on that part, we've come a long way. Confidence wise, we've come a long way. I feel like now I could put on a face of makeup and like, appreciate Cheyenne for Cheyenne and not Cheyenne as a mom so that mm-hmm. I would say eight out of ten forever going up but like eight out of ten right now um obviously on top of like having to relearn your confidence again you have to relearn like what the space you hold on this planet as a mom now mm-hmm. versus Cheyenne doing whatever the fuck Cheyenne wanted to do like you have to find the space that you hold individually and then obviously you have a partner in this whole thing so like you go through the whole turmoil of like 
learning how to parent together, learning how to hold a relationship together, learn how to find the patience in that with your significant other Mm -hmm. or your child's other parent, you know, and then figure out that. Obviously, I was renting. So then I ended up having to move. So I went through all these like huge life changes, which was a roller coaster and a half for sure. Uh But if I had to say it in like a sentence, I would say having a baby is almost like a clean slate. Like like you you could just start over. Like you start. Yeah, because you have to re-ask yourself all of these things. Are these fit? What you were doing was fit for you as an individual. But what Mm -hmm. are you going to do? Like the next 365 days for me was, is this housing situation best for me and my little individual? Is Mm -hmm. this, you know, relationship best for me and this tiny individual as it stands currently is your career going back to work best for you and this little individual you know right you basically have to reevaluate every single thing Uh uh-huh and then re like put the life puzzle together in a way that's best because what i thought was best prior to having him and what i realized was best after having him was different right you know like you have this plan made up in your own and then you're like, you have a plan of like what you anticipate you'll be like, anticipate what the baby will be like, anticipate how your job's going to work with you mm-hmm. with having a baby. You know what I mean? You yeah. just have to like paint all these things and then you see them all get like kind of reworked because you change more than you think you're going to. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Right. So in the beginning, it was hard as fuck because I was like, who the fuck am I? Who the fuck is this little baby? Who the fuck is my baby dad? Who the fuck is this <laughs> fucking apartment complex I'm renting from? Who the fuck are my job, you know, bosses and shit? I was just like, it was truly like a wake up call for me. And I was like, okay, I have to actually like start making like concrete steps to the direction I need to go. Not necessarily uh-huh. want to go. Not necessarily the path that I thought was going to be paved for myself. But right. So I definitely, if you would have asked me probably month two, I would have been month two or three, I would have said I'm an eight and a half. Month one, I would have said I was like a three and a half. Month four, I would have said I was like a two and a half. Month six, I would have been like a nine and a half. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Truly a fucking high and low, high and low on the spectrum. Some days I would be like looking in the mirror and be like, who the fuck am I? And the next day I've been like wearing a good shirt and been like, oh, I'm perfectly fine. My life is magical right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just saw a unicorn, you know, like it's (laughs) all over a fucking shirt fitting, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can imagine how like the smallest thing could like throw off your whole day. Yeah. Because it's not what it used to be. Or what you're used to it being. Yeah. But losses were losses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say, as I say, in this very seat, I'm in a new place. Mm-hmm. I've made a lot of like concrete decisions lately. Mm-hmm. I know what the next at least four months are going to look like, mm-hmm. or I can anticipate that, you know. And I'm I'm good. I'm sitting at like an eight point five right now, that's and I feel like that's a pretty good spot. Yeah, it is yeah. good. It's a good place to be. You don't want to yeah, be too high because say... then your expectations are higher. <laughs> when if you're sitting here saying you're at nine point five, what? Magic wand lady came and bippity booped right. your ass. Honestly. With some magic little dust because that's not. No. No. There's no. too many working parts when you have a baby. Yeah. But yeah, I would say I am big chilling right now. And I feel like it's a year for him just as much as it's a year for me. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, he went from, like, this little, like, blob of skin and bones to running around. He's got his own little personality now, like. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he upped his game to a whole new bedroom now. He has his right. whole room. Yeah, he has his own Man. room. What a and life. That, I, I didn't have my own room until I was an adult. I have <laughs> my own room. I haven't had my own room for a year either. <laughs> it is a I saw this TikTok and this lady was talking about how when you have a baby you have all these heart strings mm-hmm. right and there's a thousand strings and not necessarily just coming from your heart like your toes your legs like there's so many strings connected to this baby and then as they like get older strings start to like break well, that's sad. and you have to like mourn those strings you know the yeah. strings being they can start rolling on themselves they don't need you in that way Or now that I'm at a year, now I'm going to hit the obstacle of stop to stop breastfeeding and, you know, getting him fully on solids and, you know, teaching him that all his nutrients can come from healthy, balanced meals and not just mom and not soothing on mom, you know, and there's Mm -hmm. so many other strings that are going to break in that. He doesn't need me for the fact that this motherfucker climbed a set of stairs twice today. I was like, who are you for real? Like, said, I turned up? a year old. I don't need you no more. Yeah, I was like, who <laughs> gave you some superpower when you were sleeping last night? <laughs> like, and especially since he's a year now and he's learned how to walk in the last. And now he's fucking running or trying to. Climbing upstairs. Dancing. Like, he just does all these things on his own now. Like, there's so much personality shining through, especially uh-huh. as it gets older. I just feel these little heartstrings, you know, breaking. And I'm like, oh, this little baby. Yeah. You're doing your own shit. It's crazy. I feel like but that's something so you fun. don't you don't think about until you have a kid is like like this is the same thing our parents went through. At some point we didn't need our mom anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like you don't think about that until you have your own child and you're like, at some point he's not gonna need me anymore. I know. I know. And another tip from Cheyenne, another mom tip from Cheyenne is I don't think that I now looking back, I don't think that I got a therapist because I had a baby. Like, I know that's not the reason. But subconsciously, I think the universe was telling me that because of postpartum kicking my ass and because of all this past trauma that I dealt with in childhood and all this other shit combined, I need to go to therapy to be the best mom I could be mm-hmm. on top of, like, you know, surviving through it <laughs> mentally. Right. Um Whatever reason made that happen for sure was the best decision I've ever had to start therapy while in the newborn stages because or like roughly out of the newborn stages Uh because so many things that and techniques that my therapist has walked me through or talked me through or things to like reroute my brain have like transparently mirrored how I interact with my son or the things I see this is happening because of this Mm -hmm. like being able to correlate shit yeah or like why I get triggered when he's crying because he's crying to talk to communicate right he's trying to tell you something right he's trying to talk to me I'm getting uncomfortable and I'm the one like wanting to lash out because it's uncomfortable for me to hear a baby cry like Uh why is it uncomfortable for me to hear a baby cry when it's my baby trying to talk to me you know what I'm saying so it's just like I feel like it's made it a lot easier to parent because I'm able to like make the connections and take a second to like take a breath and realize that it's not him in the world against me it's me fighting all these little demons right 
and having this job to uphold. Yeah. You know, so I would definitely suggest going to therapy just to like, even if you have zero friends or even if you have a million friends, talk to somebody that doesn't have a bias going into a conversation allows you to like truly listen, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a whole point of a therapist. That's a whole benefit of having one, you know? And then being there is to have that, you know, just honest, raw information. Yes. So then putting that and taking that in and then being able to just be like this person that literally knows nothing about me but everything about me Mm -hmm. made this little tie and now this little tie I'm watching like I'm seeing it firsthand how I'm able to react to things my son does without being selfish or prideful and a lot of people will hear that and be like well if you just don't be selfish if you put your baby first okay but it's not that fucking easy shut up (laughs) like we do it every single day we want our voice heard over others you know what I mean like you're your own advocate you're gonna be selfish every day of your life right if you're not selfish there's probably something wrong with you yeah and like i would just i cannot imagine not being where i'm at on my health mental health journey and having a baby you know because it's a fucking you can't climb mount Everest by yourself you can't but you gotta be you gotta do your homework first you know right so if you don't you need a buddy Your therapist is your buddy. Right. I mean, even for me going to therapy, it's so much easier to have deep conversations with somebody who does not have any stake in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they don't care what you're doing after your appointment. They don't care what you're watching. They don't care what you're eating. They care about what you're saying in this moment, and that's it. The second you walk out that door, y'all don't know each other. So it's a lot more... to be vulnerable with somebody who has Mm -hmm. no like doesn't take up any real estate in your life right and then for that person to like be able to connect things for you it for sure makes everything like just like a smidge easier to be like oh that's why that happened let me adjust my behavior so that that Mm -hmm. person doesn't have the same experience i had yeah and i think that's what it like correlates to is just you know what you want and what you don't want going into anything but history repeats so for a reason right right if you don't unfeed yourself or if you don't do the extra 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 effort to not create what you don't want to create that's why you see shitty men and you're like oh i'll never be with them and then you end up with shitty men right or you know you're like i don't want to be the person that gets overwhelmed in an argument and starts yelling i'm better than that but then in the moment you're yelling yelling because you're fucking mad you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah. if you don't what you think of during the day and then what you think of in that moment those are two different people just know that and let it be you know so if you're not taking the steps to do so you're gonna create what you don't want to create and for me i think if i wasn't going to therapy i would fall into a lot of the things that i didn't want to happen as a parent as an individual i don't want to get lost in just being a mom i feel like those things would have been a lot of a easier slope to slide down Mm-hmm. if I didn't have a therapist and I think that's the benefit of having one especially in the newborn stages is like to remember like your goals your dreams your wants your needs your you know your desires yeah. all of that and not to lose that yeah I mean from the outside there was a small portion of time where I was like where did my friend go <laughs> where is Cheyenne because this is not Cheyenne like where is she because this ain't her but she's back <laughs> she's coming back and that's what I was meaning when I said like if you would have asked me at like every month of like my postpartum of like having a baby you know like every month of his life it was so different because it changed every time he changed your emotions would change around it you know yeah so I would definitely say there was a part where I like lost myself almost 
and like was fully like a puddle of just water and then had to like pick myself back up eventually. I mean, yeah, there was definitely conversations that you and I would have and I was like, this is not my friends. Like, <laughs> who is this strange lady? I was like, who? She doesn't talk like this. She wouldn't respond like this. Like, what is happening? <laughs> and from the outside, you know, I can only do so much. Right. So like for me, I was like, I'll just like wait it out. Like, I'm not going to disappear. I'm not going to not be like, mm, I didn't like her response to that. So let me not talk to her. Right. Like, <laughs> No, I feel that. And that's because I slipped. I wouldn't say slipped in a negative way. Slip sounds negative. But because I slipped part of the way down to like, quote unquote, losing myself. Uh I know I got a taste of how easy it would be to lose so much more of myself into that. Yeah. And like not pick yourself back up, you know, because a lot of moms have kids and then that's just their identity is just I'm just a mom. I have to stop taking care of myself because I'm just a mom. I... I don't have time for myself or I can't prioritize myself or be selfish and take time for me because I'm a mom. I can't, you know what I mean? Like that backboard of being a mom takes a huge hit, but like of your mental health, of your, you know, your confidence, of your just motivation, goals, dreams, wants, all of that shit gets flushed down the toilet when you have a kid. So you have to like remember who the fuck you are. Literally. Even just from the first time you and I went out and did a bunch of stuff downtown, it was the first time you had Mm -hmm. left your child for more than like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. That Cheyenne versus the Cheyenne a couple weeks ago when we were gone the entire day. Two different (laughs) Cheyennes. Oh, for sure. I would say 50 Shades of Cheyenne were for sure experienced in the last. 368 days hands down if not more than 50 yeah for sure for sure i mean fuck i dyed my hair (laughs) i mean that alone right that that alone i feel like you know she different yeah absolutely uh absolutely the day i dyed my hair my therapist was like so i noticed you dyed your hair i'm gonna ask you how you're doing (laughs) (laughs) and she was like telling me she's like believe it or not i diagnosed or i have I get a lot of information when people dye their hair. I, I mean, like, I feel I like it. the one thing when you're like, oh, I need to do something. So you just dye your hair because that's like the quickest, easiest thing to change without like well, it's like a, your whole life. It's like a control tactic. It's like one thing you can control mm-hmm. within the chaos of whatever your life looks like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, overall, it's been pretty, if you will, <laughs> chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Yeah. The whole the whole loop, the whole spiraling. I'm excited to see like him and his personality shine more, you know? Like in the next year. He's starting to talk. He's starting to yeah, like he's starting to like Yeah. The second he starts talking back, I ain't looking forward to that shit. But I can't wait <laughs> he for already it. Does. He's already a snatcher. <laughs> he'd be snatching shit out of your hand. You know what I mean? Like I'm oh, he'd excited. He'd be, cut- he'd be cutting people off when they talking to him too. No, he does. He'll be yelling <laughs> at you too. <laughs> He's the best. I love him so much. So thank you I, for uh, making me an auntie. Of course. Of pro course. pro tip for everybody. Be the fun auntie because the <laughs> smile on that kid's face when he sees me, ugh, it melts my heart every time. <laughs> like as soon as he notices that I'm around, he's like, "Oh, fun auntie's here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, even I know, the other day me. when we met up the other day and you turned the car off and he like almost started crying and I popped over and I said, 
hello and he was like oh, my auntie like instantly stopped crying smile on his face like <laughs> it was that i know he loves you i love it so much even today when we facetimed as i soon know as he heard my voice <laughs> turned his head big old smile i love it so much i know it's like the same feeling when you like call a dog and they come like running to you yeah you know like you're a visiting person to this dog's house right and then it's just that like initial like excitement and they like run over and just want love it's like, yeah that exact same like reaction you get out of babies you know yeah because it's like very it's unverbal a lot of the time but mm there's -hmm. just like the look in their eyes and then just like the excitement you can see it and it's just like yeah like as uh soon as he like really started to recognize me i was like oh, my heart i can't or even when like if one of our other friends who's not around very often is holding him and he'll like see me and he'll like reach a hand out and i'm like yes he chose me <laughs> i love it so much something that before we end this things not to do for anybody around parents or new moms or anything of the sort stop telling a mom or a guardian or a parent that they need to have a village this bothers the fuck out of me and the reason being it'd be like oh it takes a village oh utilize your village oh da da da, da is it paints this picture that moms have all this help and all this support and all this these resources but you don't know how little resources she actually has right you can have 150 people but you cannot have one person to take care of them like daycare wise right Right. so like it's not a village of just free people living on your schedule that are just available at your beck and call that's not real right Mhm. Mm right. So I, I always see these TikToks of like, oh, it takes a village. You have But to then have these a very moms strategic are like responding to like, village. yeah, like I don't have a village. I have people who have full time lives so they can see me on the weekends when we're hanging out doing fun things. Mhm. Mm But the village that's like available for you is not a traditional like what it used to be and what people still paint it to be the expectation of just like all women stay at home and just cook, clean and watch kids all day. Right. Like, we You know don't what live I mean? in Like, that that's world not anymore. real. So it's like a vague, like cutting, like putting salt in the wound, you know? Right. And every time I see that, I'm just like, oh, it makes me so mad. <laughs> Yeah, that is one of the things where most it's women like, don't have that. no, I mean, even like a solid friendship support, a lot of people lose that Mm when they have a baby, you know? -hmm. Yeah, seriously. I mean, because babies are fucking hard, you know, like everything's decided by them. You don't get any decisions anymore. <laughs> Right. And I mean, that's one thing that you experienced a little bit with a handful of people in your life that were a little bit standoffish or weren't around as much. And you had to have that hard conversation. Like, are you going to be around or not? Like, Mm let's -hmm. I mean, make yeah. a decision right now because I'm not going to have somebody in and out of my life or my child's life. that is one rule I will forever stand by and then I still have to like put into my day-to-day -day life is I am not forcing shit if they Right. haven't met him and he's a year old nine times out of ten they're not fucking going to Right. I'm not going to go out of my way either to take my son to meet somebody that he's never going to see again Or that They're he's going to going see to be him like, once oh, where every did that couple. person go? Yeah. Right. Yeah, whatever happened to this person? Or like how people force affection on kids? No, my son is very loving. He will give you affection if he wants to. Right. Right. And that's just it. It's just like nothing's going to be fucking forced. Stop trying to force stuff. It's uncomfortable. It's 2023. We're not supposed to be forcing anything. Consent. No. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Are you kidding me? Half the time I'll be like, come see your auntie. And he'll just look at me and walk the other way. And I'm like, all right, maybe later. <laughs> like, I'm not going to chase him down and be like, come here. <laughs> no.
No, he, yeah. That's one thing that I think a lot of people have a problem with. Like, oh, but we're family, or we're this, or we're that. And it's like, okay. Every time somebody says that, I need you to think of, oh, that creepy uncle is also (laughs) family. Right. That cousin that wants to marry you is also family. Yeah. That uncle that touches, like, the nap of your back. Like the little, you know, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. L- lower spot in your back. Ew, uh-huh. family, stop right. it. Disgusting. Yeah, I, I hate when people use that. But we're family, excuse. Yeah, literally don't care. Right. Literally Just don't because care. you have like some matching DNA doesn't mean anything. I can go right. to my 23 and me, and there's like 8,000 people on there with matching <laughs> DNA. They're not my family, okay? <laughs> if my son is not giving you affection, it's because you haven't earned it yet. 100%. And that is what I would stand. Just because that's how it is for us. I ain't going to go give no random motherfucker some aff- affection that I don't want to. Right. Like, who do I hug? People I want to hug. Who do I kiss? People I want to kiss. Who do I show affection? People I want to show affection. Right. Why is it any different? It's not. Right. Like, why? That's one thing, too. Like, the forced affection from children versus adults. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. weird. It is weird. Oh, God. An ick. Okay. Two icks of mine. Force affection, of course. The second ick is when people are like, oh, he's flirting with her. Or he, like, I was at a coffee shop, for example. We were just getting drinks. This late, this older lady was like looking at him, like making faces at him. And it was fine. They were at a table mm-hmm. that was like a few feet away, you know, and he just starts cheesing. Happy ass kid, right? Starts cheesing and just like being his happy self. This, the other lady sitting next to her was like, oh, look at, he's flirting with her. And I'm like, this is exactly why women and men cannot be friends right because he just smiled at a stranger and then that was instantly made into some some more intimate romantic even sexualized thing that is literally fucking not he just smiled we're allowed to smile at strangers right you made a face he made a face back like let it go yeah like i can make any face i want and somebody in the grocery store does not matter their gender does not matter what they look like and it should be perfectly acceptable we do not have to fucking make everything weird and that shit is so annoying every time somebody says that or like they're gonna be like oh we're gonna have to worry about you when you get older why are you already picking my son of age stop putting expectations stop stop being weirdo that shit is so uh right because you you wouldn't go to like a 25 year old who like smile to you with coffee shop going, oh, he's flirting with me like you'd be like oh that's a nice guy like he's having he's in a good it's mood because children you can create this like facade for yourself but it's for the adult it's and that's weird weird yeah i don't like it okay before we go <laughs> on um a full year of being a mom a full year of being an auntie highs lows but like also the best yeah i agree uh agree don't have a kid if you're not ready but if you do or you're about to, just fucking embrace it. And don't let outside temptations win. Get a therapist. Yeah, get a th- more of the story. Get a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have every single one of our episodes end. Get a therapist. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, it's been a whole year. She's been a mom. She's been a podcaster. She's been a lot of stuff in between. <laughs> Yeah, all the things all yeah. the fucking things <laughs> all the things um all thank right, you y'all. for listening if you want to go back to last year's episodes and like pre-birth episodes there's a handful of those um go to pre-baby. our youtube boring girls club 
is it Born Girls Go Podcast on YouTube? I think so. Um, you can look up all of Cheyenne's mom brain videos. They're hilarious. Yeah, the brain farts are real. They're so good. Um, and then like you know, follow, subscribe, rate, review, all the things. Show some love, monster. Yeah. Okay, guys. Bye. Hey, bye. Bye.